And welcome to All Things YJ. My name is Itzy, Steve Itzkowitz here. Uh, this is our second episode. And today we've got a very special guest, uh, a big presence, I would say, in the last 20 years of camp in more ways than one, if you will, starting in the year 2000. Please welcome our guest this week, Scott Chellis. Scott, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Nice to be well, it's great. This uh, this would be a lot of fun. So, Scott, I know sort of how you got to YJ. Did you really find out about YJ on the internet, or did you have some sort of lead-in? Lead in? I knew a couple of guys uh, from St. Louis. I'm from St. Louis, so I knew a couple of guys who had worked at YJ. And um, they, they didn't – they loved the camp with – for some reason they weren't fond of the directors so i called up and i talked to marcy and i said hey i know these guys from st louis and she's like uh-huh and I, said, I said they really loved the camp but didn't like the director so i figured you were doing something right and she laughed for about like five minutes and the next uh that night ken called me and that's how it started that's Ken and Marcy Kornreich you're speaking of. Who, Ken, who just uh, retired a couple of years ago, was the director. Now Marcy's the director, and it's a very exciting uh, time. Uh, so your first position, you were assistant head of boys' area, correct? I was. I was. Eric Pell was the area then. Eric Pell. How was it working with Eric? Because I, I worked with him sort of his first two years, but I really wasn't a bunk counselor. I was just a, you know, uh, an older count, older administrator, I guess, or yeah, for camp older. But what, how was the time working with Eric? It was great. There's not a lot of people who are kinder, funnier, um, affable. Just he was incredibly supportive. Uh, felt like I gave the counselors way too much leeway as did Ken, um, or I, that I listened to them too much, but he, he was so ridiculously supportive. And I just, every time we would sit down with counselors or something like that, I just sat there like a sponge and just took it all in. He was, uh, an incredible influence for, you know, what was to come later for me. Um, and just, I mean, you know, a man who loves show tunes is a, the man after my own heart. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you you wake up to my uh, guys and dolls. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man! But so so that's it. So that's two thousand one. But the next year, you kind of got thrust into taking the Europe trip. Is that correct? I did. We didn't go to Israel for a couple of years. It go was, ahead. Yeah, it was. Um, we had a trip planned to Israel, but there was a war going on and. As the trip dwindled and dwindled, um, you know, I was I was going to try doing something different. Um, and I called up Ken and Cornrush, and I just said, you know, I want to do something different. And he's like, be a programmer. I'm like, oh, my God, Marcy would kill me. Um, and then he offered me the trip, and I was going to take the trip. I uh, was with another person, but then they dropped out. And so then it was just me and our trip went from me and, um, eight people to suddenly we had about 21 kids and, um, they designed a trip throughout Europe. So I got to go to Europe. Uh, I was the only, uh, counselor from YJ, uh, besides the Madrachim and it was incredible. Yeah. So I, I was assistant head for two years and then I led the trip. Okay, so zero zero and zero one. Okay, there you go. So that's yeah. the first few years you were assistant with Eric, and then you took the trip. Yeah, I could see. You know, 
as someone who's worked in the area for a long time, uh, you know, you want to get out and try to do something different. But you came back the next couple of years, 03 and 04, and then uh, 06 you, with uh, a, a variety of characters, including Brian Kesselman, uh, Teddy Mack now from Dollar 98. Uh, Peach Goldstein, who was actually on your Europe trips, and and he was your assistant in '06, and I and I believe Sam Hockberg, our maintenance director, filled in for the last ten days or something like that. God, that was the summer I wasn't there. Yeah. And you know, it it was weird because when I came back from the trip, uh, Brian Kessman, uh still you know remains a great friend of mine. He was working with Eric as the assistant head and Eric, the three of us were talking and Eric said, you know what? I'm out. I'm done. I'm retiring. You know, not, not like in a bad way. And I just looked at Brian and he looked at me and we're like, all right, we're going to take it over. And, uh, that's what we did. Um, it was Brian Kesselman first year. He was incredible. And, uh, then the greatness of, uh, Teddy Mac now came in and he, he filled in as the assistant. And uh, it was just I working with those guys. I, I couldn't love those two anymore. Um, and then I, I skipped a year. Uh, I had to get – I was trying to get a master's degree, even though uh, Ken and everyone else was telling me I was crazy. And then came back <laughs> with, with no assistant head. <laughs> in 06, in 06, right? Yeah, that was 06. Yeah. Well, you know, those two, I came, my, uh, I had been gone for 10 years and I had no inkling of returning to camp. And then on the, the last second in 03, I filled in as, believe it or not, head of Judaica. And so, but I had met you maybe a, a summer or two before just when I was up visiting. But you and I just was really impressed on how you ran the area. No, no, gr- no guff. You know, you're almost like the friendly giant, intimidating to the kids, but fair to the counselors, if, if I got that right. Well, I I'm proud to be more intimidating. But, um, yeah, I see things differently. <laughs> no, you know what? Um, honestly, 03 was a different kind of year. Um, we just. A lot of turnover, right? It was what? A lot of turnover from the previous staff, if I recall. It was a lot of turnover. Uh, certain people didn't come back. Certain. Um, certain camp attitudes didn't come back. I mean, there was more about, it was, it was less about like, you know, things that used to go on in the area, stopped going on in the area and people, the counselors sort of became a, a really interesting unit. Um, I think it was kind of like the start of, of what I see now at, at camp. Just uh, the counselors were there for the kids they loved their kids and you know, it was, it was more accountability. It was uh, a lot of communication. Um, and you saw, you saw the counselors hanging out with their kids, um, even more so than before, which was incredible. And we had some really great leaders in the area, uh, such as Garrett Friedman, um, sure. Ted Macnow, and just guys who just said, Hey, you know what, let's not do this. Let's not do that. And, um, it really just became, something really wonderful and uh, that continued in 04 and you know even even later on when i came back um i still saw it it was it was incredible it's not to say that that wasn't going on 
you know, when I first got there, but no, no, but there, there were, you know, it's, there was transition years there too. You know, like even when like Kenny took over and for, for good in 93, the first, you know, like first year without Charles Robin there, it didn't happen overnight. You know, it takes a few years and the same thing happens in the area. Like when I started the same thing, when it took me a little while to get the trust of my staff, they didn't really know me from Adam. Uh, and I took over kind of right after you. Uh, so that's like kind of what the last 25 28 years of camp have looked like in Boise are pretty much Eric Pell, Scott Chalice, and myself as, as running the area. And then with great assistance all, all throughout the year, uh, including this year with uh, Tyler and uh, Tyler, France and Ori. But uh, Scott, I wanted to talk, you, you, you briefly mentioned um, Garrett and Teddy Mack, but some of the staff members of that era, Dave Flagler did a great job. I thought, you know, he's really into it. Dirty D, Richard Magder, uh, Matt Lewis, Dave Pratt. I mean, just legends. Legends. Uh, guys uh, just uh, you know, I am still in touch with, and then you groom guys like Peach and uh, the, all the guys like the Abel Samus and the Dickie Spares throughout the years. So talk about that for a minute, if you mind, if you don't mind. Well, um, you know, it's interesting because Garrett and those guys, Garrett, Teddy, Lewis, they were all CA my first year. Um, so I, I, I had a really good. I was in charge of the CAs my first year, so I had a really good rapport with them and. You know, just they would tell me what they liked and didn't like about being a camper. And we kind of had this mantra of just be the counselor you wish you had, you know? Yeah, yeah. And be the counselor you never had. Um, and, and, and and that was kind of the mantra. And uh, it was really, um, you know, I didn't really have to do much um, to to lead because they were really just doing it themselves. The the man, these, these counselors were just incredible. And, you know, they just led the, with the Ruach, like, you know, even like guys like Mike Gorski. Oh, Mike was great. Yeah. yeah, Legends. And, um, and the girls too, you know, Jamie, oh, Jamie Siegel, Michelle Kaufman, you know, it's wonderful girls on that, uh, women on that staff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and Eddie Grossman, that was another good one. Oh, Julie, yeah. Julie Barrett's wife, Julie. <laughs> Julie yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, my my closest friends today, you know, were were started in that era, um, and then you had other guys like Ben Broad, Abel Samuel, um, Alex Snow. Oh yeah, Alex, um, yeah. Just these these kids, they just were incredible. And not only were they they great, they're not only were they incredible counselors, just incredible people. Right, right, and, that, uh, and that's the best part about YJ is you meet these people. You know, any age of your your life. You started watching when you're about really right before you turned thirty, right? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. So, I mean, look at that last twenty years, and these people have now are you know on a daily basis. I'm guessing that you're in touch with a lot of them. I'm in touch with a lot of uh, a lot of the the kids who were maybe like like Ben Broad's age, Jason Tate's age. They, they were. Um, I think they were upper game in my first year and um, just, you know, the fact that like I would go to concerts with those guys while living in Boston, you know, and just yeah, hanging, yeah. Out with them and hanging out with like multiple generations of uh, <laughs> camper, well, former campers. But um, I think it just says a lot. I think it says a lot about um, the staff and, and the girls as well. You know, I, I can't forget them as you know they were incredible the just that whole there was just a whole wave of awesomeness that was going on in in the early aughts um and you know i i, 
I feel like it, it still carries over. I mean, you can attest to that more than anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, most definitely. You were talking about the Ruach as well. It's so Friday nights when I was a camper and a counselor, we didn't have these, like, what they call traditions. Now, that was the stuff they do on Friday nights. A lot of that's the non-Jewish stuff. It's kind of rainy day stuff that we used to do in a way. But you have a particular thing that you brought. You brought Tarzan to camp. And, uh, that, <laughs> and it still goes on. It's just been passed down. But how did, how did that come about? What, where, where's the origins of Tarzan? Okay. So um, I was a teacher in a former life. And we had gone, uh, my, my school had gone to this sixth grade camp and this camp we, where we were at, they sang the song and it was incredible. I was like, oh my gosh. So I, I wrote down the lyrics and I used to do it with my students. And um, the we, we do a, a, you know, a talent show and for some reason they wanted the, the administration to do um, a skit. And all okay. these people were arguing back and forth my first year. And they were like, well, we should do this. No, we should do that. And I'm like, just here, I, I got this. And I, I sang it in front of the whole camp. And then um, I don't know what happened. Um, you know, the, like one one is a shem or something like that. Like Gorski was doing that. And then Gort, Dan, this is Dan Gorski. Uh, I believe even like Weber, uh, Dan Weber started a, a chant in the, you know, in the dining hall, Scott, Scott, Scott. I'm like, what, what, what's going on? Uh, right, right. And they would want they wanted me to do Tarzan. So I did Tarzan and, and, and I don't know what was happening before that, but I, I know that there were other songs that were added to the mix. Like I'm a little teapot and yeah, uh, Marcy's. Yeah. 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 Which started by uh, Laura Levine and then uh, Uri Nurko did the train song and right, right, yeah, started his, uh, the Shabbat rap. And next thing we know, we still have this ongoing Friday night mini service of just, you know, hilarity. And, um, so it's, it's incredible to see how it's progressed, but it was really just, Dan Gorski, like starting a chant with my name and I'm like, uh, what? And suddenly singing, uh, in front of, you know, again, in front of the entire dining hall, uh, this goofy song that, you know, you can do all kinds of sort of things with and, uh, people seem to enjoy it. So it's fun how, it's fun how all those traditional songs have been passed on, uh, every year. Oh yeah, totally. You know, it's funny when I'm my first year back in 03, you know, I, again, I was like a little kid. I'm like, what the heck, what's next? Who, who's going to do who's performing next? I was like, I had no idea that this thing went on. And now to see it the last 17, 18 summers in different forms, like, you know, stuff that's kind of not Shabbat appropriate, appropriate, like uh, Seth Feynman from Dollar 07 would do uh, uh, Enter Sandman, uh, uh, <laughs> Enter Life, you know, the whole thing, and just yelling. And it was so bizarre. And we all looked at each other cross-eyed. And no one really said not to do it again. But so we, that did, we just didn't do it that often. And uh, so that was, a, that was a great one. And, uh, and uh, Brenna Case from Dollar 13, she brought this um, – chickadee song they do now on Friday nights, which I still can't figure out, but I, I need something. But uh, so let me ask you this. So when, when was the birth of space dude? When did space dude, how did that happen? Okay. So space dude started for the Oneg, the second session Oneg or the first session Oneg. My, yeah, it was, a, it was the first session Oneg my, my second year. 
Okay. And I was in charge of the, um, I was in charge of the CAs and we couldn't decide on anything. And finally we decided to do a general space themed something. And so the CAs all went out except for one, which I get to, uh, and bought like all these space themed costumes and stuff. And I just took a, you know, I, I, I took a t-shirt and I just wrote space dude on it with a little star and Wayne Pritzker, who also did not have a, um, he did not have a, a, a costume. He did space dude junior. And, uh, we went into the drama closet and maybe get, stole a few things. Well, borrowed a few things. Borrowed, borrowed. Yes, yes. Of course, of course. And, um, and so we were waiters and I put like, oil on my head and had these punk rock sunglasses on and and I was uh space student. I was a waiter at a table and Keith Pabian, um just a legendary counselor, uh one of the funniest guys I've ever known. Um he would just him and his whole table started uh chanting space dude and I would just dance around like a you know like an idiot. And yeah, well, uh, yeah, to do another legend Ali was at that table. Um, Ali, and, sure. uh, yeah, so that's how it started, and people just started calling me Space Dude. It was, you know, just one of those things that that just n- could not exist anywhere else but wide here. Exactly. But your home and your college friends call you Bubba, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, that's a high school name. High school, uh, high school. Because I, I had um, when I played freshman football. I had Bubba Alzado's number. It was either 75 or 77. So my ah. coach started calling me Bubba, and I just kind of stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, like Wayne Pritzker, you mentioned another great counselor from that era. Yeah. Just, uh, Wayne's yeah. come up a bunch of times over the years to visit, help out. Uh, leads, I think he led services one one year. I think we had we brought back a bunch of the music heads a few years ago. Yeah, he just, did it year. Uh, that year he did a track. Yeah, like, maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's twice. It was great. It was great. So let me ask you this: Now you got a, and still do have a great relationship with Ken Cornreich. How, how how did that evolve? Or you guys just hit it off? Or was it easier to be friends with him than to work with him? Or if you don't mind talking about that for a sec? No, um, Ken. Ken just you know, I, there's just not a better friend in the world than Ken Cornreich. Uh, he um, he's just been there for me, and you know, like. We just had a type of camaraderie that we could just share things with and, you know, enjoy the same kind of stuff and uh, just had a lot of laughs. You know, he's <laughs> when you really get to know him, you really get to know just like how incredible a person he is. And uh, um, so, you know, I think mostly because, you know, I think it had a lot to do with just common interests and everything else. But, um, you know, when I decided to move to Boston, he was right there for me. Um and, you know, like looking into jobs for me and anything. He's the type of person who would do anything for his people. And I have such a tremendous amount of respect for that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, throughout the years, um, it's just been an incredible thing. And uh, when I moved to Boston, it took off to another level, just hanging out with him. And, uh, you know, in, in Marcy as well. And it just I, I love that family so much. Um just being able to watch Rachel, Kayla, and Ari grow up has just been incredible. And, you know, just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's been really um, one of the more special relationships I've had in my life. 
Excellent. Yeah, very well said. Very well said. So now let's go back to your kind of your timeline at camp. So 06 is your last year in the area. You missed 07 or came back to drive, I think, for a while. <laughs> and then you, you went on the Israel trip in 08. Is that right? Yeah. So I came back to drive for uh, <laughs> for a couple of weeks in 07. Um, Jamie uh, Siegel at the time was just like, why don't you just come back? I'm like, huh. Okay. And yeah, I, not a very good driver, but you know, whatever. We no one died, so that was okay. Yeah. Bottom line, no one died, right? Yeah. Yeah. And in 08, uh, I got to lead uh, the trip to Israel, which was incredible. Um, with um, Is that Jess and ben? yeah, yeah, Jess and um, um, Ari and Avi, Avi last. Oh, yeah, and Avi. Oh, geez. Avi was yeah, Avi was a trip, man. He's he's a oh, funny cat. Yeah, well, yeah, he was he was a fun counselor to have on that those steps too. Uh, yeah. Very crazy. He was, very he was ridiculously awesome to have. Absolutely, um, just his, funny, his, very fun. Oh my god, so great! And uh, yeah, it was a fun trip with a great group of kids. A Dalado Seven oh, bunch. Oh, just love incredible. that bunch. Yeah, you know, Scotty, they're 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 one of those dollars like Dalado too that just like all they do is hang out with each other. You know, they get married, they're all at each other's weddings and they're now they're, they're in their late twenties, which to us is not that long ago, but to them, it's, it's me out. You know, yeah, exactly. It freaks me out too. That's yeah. great. So, and then you came back, you had a couple years off, right? You weren't at camp for a little yeah, while. I, I, I was in retirement. It's, uh, <laughs> again? I, I kind of retired for a few years there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd say it was about seven years. And um, and then, um, you know, I was kind of transitioning out of Boston and out of a relationship, if you will. And uh, I talked to Ken and um, he and Jamie had decided to offer me um, head of photography. And so I came back as the uh, camp photographer. Well, and we all know what kind of photographer you are now. You got the Chelsea photography right now in, in uh, St. Louis going on. Beautiful yeah, picture. Yeah. It, it was yeah. great. But I got to say, the best part of, of that summer was coaching the boys to uh, well, victory. What you <laughs> that's like the next thing because that's the uh, that's what everyone wants to hear about. I was trying to save the good stuff for last. Oh, okay. Uh, Talk about senior boys hoops. You 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 set it up perfectly. Now you you coached some teams early on, and you know obviously the big team uh, uh, that won it when uh, was it the the fifteen team, right? So yeah, so w- when I was head of the area, I co- I decided I'm coaching the team. Like I'm sick and tired of watching these kids coach and not know how to coach. I, I was a basketball coach in St. Louis and. I was just like, I'm tired of this. I'm coaching. And, you know, I, I had a little bit of deep. I could say things like that. Um, and uh, they let me coach. And it was okay by uh, Ken and Marcy. And so my first year in 03, we won the tournament, which was uh, a repeat because they had won in 02. And then we also won in 04. And, you know, you get to run and jump in a lake. It's the greatest thing ever. I got a glittery shower on the court. Like, that's incredible. Um, and so when I came back, I was not going to coach at all. And then uh, Dave Singer and Eric Sherman were like, no, you are the coach. 
you're, 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 because they hadn't won since 05, I think. And so um, they're like, you're the only guy who can coach this team. I'm like, no, you know what? I'm here to take pictures. You know, because I, I respect the generational thing. Like, sure. everyone should have a shot doing something. Yeah. I think that's what's so great about YJ. But um, Sherman, Eric Sherman talked to me for about 30 minutes, pouring his heart out about how much he loved these kids, about how his tournament was canceled and how he needed. Right. Swine 09. That was because of Swine 09. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I just, I said, okay. Um, and it was, um, it was incredible. Yeah. We won that tournament and, um, you know, I, I mean, Sherman, I, I love that kid. And he, you know, there was just so many moments of everyone's like, why aren't you running the kids? Why aren't you doing this? And why aren't you doing, I'm like, because we know how to coach. Shut up. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I'm not trying to be cocky, but you know, we I know how to coach. It's not just you know a lot of when a lot of first year coaches just like run kids and stuff like that. But I was pretty tough on the kids, and um, they responded really well. And um, we won. It was incredible. Um, we, I, I like the way, from what I remember, the way you allocated the the time, especially with the big guys like Andrew Gershon and Gabe Niesenbaum, these guys like Twin Towers, YJ version, but you didn't tire them out, you know, because they're big guys. They're going to get tired a little quicker than the, the, the little spry guys like Lombardo and, and what have you. But uh, I yeah. thought that last game, you know, in Jambi was just amazing. Jason Breyer, who's our program guy this summer. Uh, oh, he, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. He's great. Yeah, well, he follows. Got to follow in the, the Briar footsteps there. But that that comment, you know, the way, just the way you coach and used everyone, got everyone involved, and there were some funny moments that we can't talk about on air. But there were some <laughs> classic moments there. It was pretty amazing. That was twenty fifteen, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I think you measure the moments of life when you feel most alive. I loved winning in 03 and I loved winning because we won at the last second in 03. Right. Um, uh, and, and I loved winning in 04, but it was anticlimactic because we won by 20 points. And um, when we won in 15, it was, it was just, I felt so ridiculous. I mean, I remember him and I walking to the beach. Like just strolling, not like running, not overly excited. Just felt like, hey, yeah, we we did all this right, and uh, it was a great feeling, a great feeling. Um, and that team, the reason I played so many guys is because we were so incredible, incredibly deep. When you have an upper Gimmel team uh, squad that's just as good as the Dowd squad, it's you know, it's fairly simple. Yeah, uh, that was great. that was good because in Dallas, a lot of a couple of Gershon I know hurt his ankle, and so they didn't have a chance to repeat in sixteen. Yeah. Kind of sixteen, I was talking to coaching again. I did not want to coach. I wanted to retire. Right, right. <laughs> I wanted to go out on top. Of, uh, they're like, it's Scott coming back. It's Scott going to go back and coach. It's Scott going to come back. But I yeah. also love your, your passion about the whole thing because you know, going back to 03, I remember during orientation and not knowing who any of these campers are because I was gone for some of them for 10 summers or whatever, but they were like, you're like, Oh, I don't know. I heard Zach Hayes and uh, got mono. And I'm like, well, so what does that mean? They're like, he's our best player. I'm like, okay. 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 All right. <laughs> yeah. Got you. It was, you know. Yeah. It was incredible. Uh, so yeah. 15 head of photography, one little tournament. 
Uh, 16, uh, they, <laughs> they scheduled a very impressive uh, Ramah squad, their A squad. Oh, right, yeah. And we didn't get to finish the tournament because of the rain, and the kids were crushed. The kids were cr- We were set to play in the final. We felt like we had a good shot. Uh, right. But the kids were crushed, and we just called it. And, you know, it's hard to it's hard as a coach to, like, try to explain to them, hey, you know what, this is for the best. It's not safe. It's not, you know, because they're so fired up. They, they, these kids wait their whole lives, uh, their whole camp lives to be able to be in Dallas, to be able to play in the tournament. And, um, you know, it's really crushing. And the kids who won it the year before, um, they were just devastated. Just absolutely crushed, and a lot of tears, uh, rightly so. Um, but you know, circumstance. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's, that's to be. Uh, you know, we can't control the weather. You know, so Scott, we, only, uh, we got a few more minutes. I want to talk a couple things. We, you and I, had an epic day off. Uh, not, Whoa. not. We went to Chicago for the fairly well the last unofficial Grateful Dead shows. Official, unofficial. What do you want to call it? With the surviving members of the Grateful Dead with uh, the lead guitarist from Fish, Trey Anastasio, playing guitar for, you went, I think the first two nights and I, I got an extra night out there, three nights, but what, that was, a, I thought that was one of my best plans ever. <laughs> Listen, uh, to anyone who's listening, if you want to go to a concert, make sure Ify is with you. No one is better than you at planning out a uh, uh, a concert. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, so you know, you can't, you don't hit a thousand. Trust me, but thank you, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. No, what, yeah, exactly right. What's your band? What band has gotten you uh, excited these days? And, and maybe we'll hear a little snippet from them. Um, you know, I mean, I'm still, I still love Grateful Dead. I, I'll. I'm hoping to see um, Dead & Co. this summer. I have tickets, but you never know. Um, Joe Russo's Almost Dead is, is one of my favorite touring bands right now. Um, yeah, they, they got the energy, man. Wow. Incredible. And, you know, look, I still love Fish. Um, one of the bands that I've seen in concert a couple times, but listen to them more frequently, is the Avett Brothers. Um, just, I love lyrics, so you know, English major here. Um, and their lyrics are just second to none. Um, and you know, uh, Wilco's a local band, so I, I really like them. Um, but I, I'm, I listen to everything, uh, that I can. Um, I have, a, <laughs> I have a lot of good musical influences in my life. People are like, Hey, you should listen to this. And Hey, you should listen to that. And so from, you know, from, uh, recently watching Ken Burns's documentary on country music, uh, Phenomenal series. Yeah, to my buddy uh, Dan Gorski always sending me songs and say, "Hey, this reminded me of you. You should listen to this." (laughs) Isn't that great? And then you and then you discover old stuff that you never knew about, and you know, with uh, obviously so many different platforms to listen to music on these days, streaming services. You know, YouTube. You can find random concerts, and it's it's almost. overwhelming uh, i have like books of cds that i will never listen to because i can just press a button well i mean I mean, I mean, because when i was in the area you know kids were listening to what their counselors were listening to fish string cheese incident grateful dead what are the kids listening to at camp these days it's you know it's totally changed them from that era because they're all into the more of the hip-hop and the rap scene so a couple years was it last summer two summers ago 
uh, you know, uh, there are all, somebody got a copy of whatever the hit album was that summer. And that's, I'm drawing a blank because I can't remember the guy. I always, the only, I keep always say the same joke. Oh, is that Chance the Rapper? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Like, you know, like, you know, put on some Crosby, Stills, and Ash and Young, some Almond Brothers that are like, huh? Some of that. I'm like, yeah, that would make sense. Well, fortunately, they'll have Tyler now lead them in their musical journey of, of nothing but hip hop. Yeah, uh, T. Frank, yeah, T's the man, though. He's great. He's the best. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, you know, you got the thing about today about that music, though. They have explicit lyrics, and, you know, they talk so, rap so fast that, like, uh, well, I missed it. <laughs> I'm like, I, huh? Like, what? <laughs> what? Uh, anyway, but uh, we got a couple of What's that? Yeah, exactly. Like worksheet? <laughs> FCC? Um, so, Scotty, uh, you're back in STL. You've been back in the St. Louis last couple of years. Uh, just tell us what, how, what's going, how's life right now in 2020? Nothing, nothing sucks. Um, <laughs> excuse my language, if that's okay. That's right. um, I, you know, I kind of stopped teaching. Uh, I went back to – I stopped teaching, then I went back to teaching, um, but – I don't know. I just kind of lost my heart for it. Um, yeah. and I was doing photography for a while, but, um, you know, it doesn't always pay the bills, especially during the winter. So I went out and just got a job and now I'm working, um, at a company, locally owned company. Um, and it's, it's fun. It's, you know, I, I don't have to grade papers Sunday night. Um, I don't have to grade papers, you know, during the week I, I go to work, I come home and it's like, Whoa, I'm done. That's incredible. And, uh, you know, uh, um, I'm with someone right now is really special. Um, still, you know, thank, thank goodness for social media and stuff like that. I'm still in touch with, you know, so many people, so many just wonderful people. Um, you know, I, I'm so blessed to have built and maintained the relationships I had from camp because, um, no one knows you like a camp friend. Um, That's right. No one. And, and, and it, it's the, the fact that, you know, I met you, even though we're, you know, very close in age, uh, we, we didn't grow up together. You know, I didn't have all the experiences you had at camp. Um, right. but I love hearing the stories and, uh, just, you know, I, the fact that when I moved to Boston, I lived with three YJ guys and, um, JP. Yeah, it's it's just you know what um, I will always love YJ because of the experiences I've had there, but I will also always love YJ because I know that the kids who are going there are going to have the best two months of their life. Um, and honestly, like we live in a crazy world today, and especially now, and uh, so hopes and uh, prayers for all that, but. Uh, just know that uh, it's the kids that, that come out of YJ, that they go on to do incredible things. They're very intelligent, very independent. Um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're crafty, of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's just, it's incredible. It's incredible to know that no matter what happens, no matter who's in charge, no matter who's running this and who's leading that, uh, the kids are going to have a great time and they're going to have, you know, the best summer um, that they could possibly have. So, you know, I, I feel so honored just to be a part of the whole thing. And, 
you know, it, it's, I feel a little distance since I moved back to St. Louis, but, um, you know, thank goodness I get to, you know, check out the Instagram account and see the videos that, you know, started my first year back when we started doing videos and, uh, just seeing all the cool things that's happening at camp and all the new construction. And, you know, it's, it's incredible. It's so incredible. I and mean, it's the fact that I'm, I'm talking to you <laughs> yeah. for a podcast about right. camp. I mean, come on. No, like man, this, like this stuff is like just the tip of the iceberg is, you know, there's 80 years of camp and, you know, uh, talking to like key people, people who are a presence uh, through that is my goal and kind of painting the colors for people who might've missed out on the years or like what's modern camp the last 20 years been like, and it's the last 20 years. I think it's changed more than um, it did in the first 10, even though that's, that was the building years. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, maybe it's always evolving, I guess. Maybe that's well, the beauty I think, I think society's evolving. Um, and uh, there's just a new way of, of certain things. Some people will say, Oh, it was so much better better when i was there and yeah, like they bring like the old school watching I'm like you don't know what that is you're like 10 years old yeah <laughs> yeah um we don't need to explain certain things that used to happen but yeah you know what it's um camp will continue to change and it'll continue to evolve and the kids will evolve with it and that's what's incredible and the fact that you know there's, I mean, the fact that I'm talking to you, I mean, there's no one better suited, honestly, to do this than you because you're so in touch with everyone. And, uh, I'm, I'm excited for, you know, the other people you get, to you, you get to interview because, oh my gosh, there's so many people with so many yeah. stories that it's, it's, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Well, I appreciate it, Scott. Thanks for coming on all things YJ guests appearing on all things YJ. No. I, I wish I had gift certificates to give out, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Thanks, Scott, Space Dude, Cellist. We'll be back next month with another special guest. Scott, anything else before we sign off? Oh, mad love to the people. That's the man's quote. Take care, buddy. All right. Peace. Peace. Tell me where the phone went.